This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God, I'm Rick Wiles. Talk of nuclear war has entered the mainstream news world's uh, headlines, but most people are in denial, even in the face of strange signs in the sky. On Saturday, May 7, an eerie scene of a blood-red sky over the Shanghai-China region sparked fears of doomsday among residents. The sky remained blood red for many hours. Children told their parents they were afraid. Jesus said, great earthquakes will occur in various places and there will be famines and pestilence and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. My question to you is, what constitutes a great sign from heaven? Would you say a blood-red sky over a major world population center at a time of talk of nuclear war is or is not a great sign from heaven? Well, Doc Burkhardt and I returned from Jordan on Saturday, and we're ready to discuss today's top news headlines. Hey, Doc. Hey, Rick. It's good to be back. Well, it was good for to have two weeks not to talk about this stuff. <laughs> but we're back. And, um, you know, um, you know what we saw? It's like everywhere we went, there were ruins of past civilizations. Yes. But the church remains. Yes. Okay. So keep this in mind. Uh, governments and nations rise and fall. There are wars and revolutions and disasters and calamities. And we may be going through another such period of world history. This also could be the end. None of us know. But we should be prepared. But one thing is certain. The word of God shall endure. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word will not pass away. His church is here. His church shall be victorious until the very end when Christ comes to gather his elect. And his church shall dwell with him forever on a new earth and in a new Jerusalem. So we have the situation that happened Saturday uh, in Shanghai. We'll put the first article up on the screen. This is a London Daily Mail. Fear spreads through Chinese city as sky turns blood red. And we have a little bit of video here too. So this is what people were seeing, Rick, as they would go out. I mean, I, I've seen some red skies, but nothing like this before. Uh, where it just it seems to envelop the city. And uh, it's truly, I mean, it would be, you know, uh, in, uh, pressing down on you to see that. And yes. you'd have to ask yourself, what does this mean? And they've come up with several different explanations on why there was a red sky and everything. But sometimes there's a red sky because God sent the red sky. Yes, it's a great sign from heaven. And I would say at a time when we are talking about nuclear war, that's a great sign. Yes. And uh, people should be taking this very seriously, but most people are in denial and they're not paying attention to these things. They're not even paying attention to the discussion of, of nuclear war. It's, it's appearing in headlines and people are just brushing it off. Right. If they even see it. I think most people don't even know that the threat exists. If you talk, you know, ask your neighbors if they know that 
Russia has been talking about nuking the West. Ask your friends and your neighbors if they know about it. I would say most of them don't even know about it. Um, so well, we, quote we also from that, yeah, yeah go quote ahead from that uh, Daily Mail article. A video from the Chinese port city of Yushan, neighboring Shanghai, shows the sky turn blood red under thick layers of fog. Panic could be heard in the voices of the residents as they recorded their discolored horizon, stirring apocalyptic fears. The crimson sky was most prominent by the port, prompting worries that a fire had got out of control. I found another image here, Rick, that's uh, very impressive. You see some of the uh, uh, skyscrapers there, and uh, so it's clear air below there, but then above it was the red sky. Mm -hmm. And that would, I, I would guess, stir up fears within anybody. Anybody without hope, that is. And so we got to remember, Shanghai's locked down. That's true. They've been locked down for over a month. Nobody's, nobody's allowed to leave their homes. Right. And then to see something like this, as you look out your window, I, I mean, you would think it was the end of the world. You'd see something like this. And so, but these are signs from heaven, and they provide an opportunity for God to turn on the red light, if you will, warning light, for people to consider the future and consider what's happening in the world around them. Doc, it wasn't just in Shanghai. It was uh, seen in other parts of Asia. This is a Reuters story. This is Earth, not Mars. Blood red skies unsettle Indonesians. So the sky was red in Indonesia. Um, again, is it just an atmospheric um, event easily explained by science? Or is this a supernatural warning from heaven? Well, either way, let's say that there is an explanation for it. There, but it's so rare that it should give us pause to think about, you know, really, the world is much bigger than we are. And uh, anything could happen. We're at the uh, precipice, like you said, of nuclear war on any given day. And yet we go along with our daily lives and we continue uh, uh, with all the daily activities and the daily worries and the daily cares of life. That I believe that God sometimes has to shock us with a with a sign to say, consider your ways, yes. consider the times that you're living in. But how and, many of them are connecting it to Jesus Christ? Probably very few. But those that know the scriptures have that advance warning, have that that clue for the future. Just like we talked about last last week when we were in Pella, you know, the Christians in Jerusalem they had a warning from Jesus Christ Himself. And when the signs came, you know, the believers, they knew what the signs meant, but unbelievers interpreted it completely different. And, but knowing the Word of God, knowing what the Lord Jesus Christ taught and the Apostles' doctrine gave them the advantage to survive the upcoming terror that was coming upon Jerusalem. That's very dark. Well, these are signs about the upcoming terror that's going to happen in the world. So Jesus said... Jesus said that there would be earthquakes in many places, famines, mm -hmm. pestilence. Okay, what is pestilence? Pestilence is a plague involving animals. Right. Uh, we just had one, uh, coronavirus, uh, which involved bats. Right. Okay. It's a man-made plague, but it's still a man-made pestilence. It, it's a pestilence on the world. We have famines. Right. There's, there's a worldwide food shortage right now. Uh, baby formula here in the United States, 40%, uh, I believe it's, uh, it, the supply is down 
Yes. Or, or, or there's only 40% of the supply available right now. Forget the exact number that I read today. But we have food shortages. Right. Jesus said great earthquakes, uh, pestilence, famines, and great signs. Yes. And we just had a great sign. The sky turned blood red all day in Shanghai, China. And the people of China live under a godless communist system where preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is illegal. You have to meet in underground house churches to hear the gospel. And then you, you have risk of your life being destroyed through the social credit system because you're participating in a forbidden activity, going to church. So the great signs are, are taking place and the gospel should be heard in Shanghai. But that great city with so many souls, will they hear the name of Jesus? Will they hear the name of Jesus before calamity strikes that city? Let's show you some of the other headlines that are out today, warning, flashing to human, uh, to the human race. Consider your ways. Great destruction is coming to you. Consider your ways. This is the latest one from Russia. Putin ally claims Russia could destroy NATO countries in 30 minutes. Uh, a quote from that article, a key ally of President Vladimir Putin has claimed Russia could destroy all NATO countries in half an hour before warning against nuclear war. The head of Kremlin Space Agency also suggested that the Russian leader was aiming to defeat the West and remove Ukraine from the map. Dmitry Rogozin, a former deputy premier, separately announced that a British YouTuber had been arrested by Russians in Kazakhstan, a claim Benjamin Rich denies. But he went on to say, NATO is waging a war against us, Rogozin said. And so the attitude from President Vladimir Putin and from those that are in leadership that we, uh, that NATO uh, has waged and is waging a war against Russia. And for Russia, this is a, a, a fight for survival. And that the talk of now, where a few weeks ago we weren't talking about this at all, now the talk of nuclear weapons being used against NATO countries is now something we really have to consider. So, Doc, if, if the head of NASA in America said today, we can take out all of Russia in 30 minutes, there would be a big story here. Yes. That's what we had in Russia. Right. The head of their, of their NASA, their space program said, we can wipe out all NATO countries in 30 minutes. And he reemphasized that. We got this quote here, this is number eight. The hardliner added, in a nuclear war, NATO countries will be destroyed by us in half an hour. So the warning is clear, Rick. It is. I hope this doesn't happen. I pray it doesn't happen. But at any hour in the coming days, my friends, listen to me in the coming days. Not talking years from now, not talking a decade from now, I'm talking about this week. It could happen this week. That is how close we are to a nuclear strike by Russia. They have warned and warned and warned and few people in the West are taking this seriously. Most are in denial. Western leaders are, are making just 
ridiculous comments about uh, do not take Putin serious. He's losing his mind. He's crazy, whatever. They're saying all kinds of things about him. He's warning America and Great Britain and Germany and all the NATO nations, I will take you out in 30 minutes. Right? There'll be a day if we wake up at all. We may all die in our sleep. But if we do wake up, we may wake up and realize there's nothing left. Absolutely nothing left. That's how close we are right now. Where's the church? Where are the preachers? Where are the people crying out in the wilderness? Repent, repent, believe on the name of Jesus, be baptized. Where are they? Why the silence? And it's a stunning silence, isn't it? It is. There's silence. I don't see or hear anybody crying out to the lost to be saved. It baffles me. It grieves me. And I've, I've made a pledge to the Lord. I will remain at my post. I will be at my, my position doing my duty until you remove me. I will be faithful. I will cry out to people to turn to Christ and repent. And yet I'm looking, I'm looking at these headlines and I'm going, dear Lord, this is getting really close. This is getting seriously close. We may, we may go up in smoke at any hour. You just look at what they're saying for some reason. People are not taking the Russians seriously. A story that uh, came up about a week ago while we were in Jordan, Rick. This is from uh, the Times. Um, this is from uh, um, May the 2nd. Russian nuclear tsunami will wipe out Britain, Kremlin-backed media threatens. It goes on to say Russian state television has issued a chilling warning that Moscow could wipe out Britain with a nuclear tsunami in retaliation for supporting Ukraine. In a Sunday evening primetime show, Channel 1 anchor Dmitry Kiselov said a strike by Russia's Poseidon nuclear underwater drone could turn Britain into a wasteland by drowning the country in a 500-meter tidal wave of radioactive seawater. He goes on to say this explosion, the explosion of this thermonuclear torpedo by Britain's coastline will cause a giant tsunami wave. Having passed over the British Isles, it will turn whatever might be left of them into a radioactive wasteland. We've talked about the uh, uh, nuclear tsunami in the past off the coast of the U.S., but this is uh, the first time we've ever heard them openly talk about it on Russian television. And target a country. Yes. In the past, they've said, we have the weapon. And this is what it will do. But now they are specifically naming countries. In this case, Great Britain. That a torpedo, a nuclear-armed torpedo, would generate a tsunami. It would be about 1,500, 1,600 feet high. That sweep over the island. Wipe out everybody. And it's over. It's, gone. it's done. They said the same thing. If it was done to the eastern United States, that tsunami would... would you're talking about the entire east coast. Right over the Alleghenies, over uh, all of the Appalachia Mountains, a right. tsunami. And when we were doing the um, 
stories on that a couple of years ago, they would say that the, a 1,500 foot tsunami wave would basically reach the Ohio Valley. Yes. And so just imagine that the entire east coast of the United States just gone, just wiped out, just in population, infrastructure, everything gone. Now, Russian television is saying this could happen to Britain. Yes. Uh, and nothing goes out on Russian television without the government saying, hey, it's okay for it to go out. Yeah, kind of like here in the United States. Right. And Great Britain and other places where the government has enormous control over the news media. But in Russia's oh. eyes, this is a fight for their survival. Yes. And Doc, today was Victory Day in Russia. Yes. The day that they celebrate Russia's victory of Nazis, Nazism in World War II. So right. this is a, a very important patriotic day in Russia. Uh, there were some Western news commentators and politicians who predicted last week that um, Vladimir Putin would uh, use today's parade to announce, to declare war against the United States and Western nations, or perhaps just Ukraine only. He didn't, but he did have some very choice words to speak. I believe over a million people in Moscow turned out for the parade, uh, a military parade. And so um, we have uh, from Times of Israel, uh, no place for hangmen, executioners, or Nazis. Putin ties Ukraine invasion to World War II. And President Putin held hard to his line about this is a fight to defeat Nazism. He said uh, on Monday that Russian forces in Ukraine were fighting to defend the motherland from an absolutely unacceptable threat, evoking the hangmen, executioners, and the Nazis of World War II. The Russian president made the comments in a speech to thousands of soldiers as he opened the annual parade marking victory over Nazi Germany. According to the Reuters news agency, he did not mention Ukraine by name in the speech. You are fighting for the motherland so that no one will forget the lessons of World War II and there will be no place in the world for hangmen, executioners, and the Nazis, he said. And so he's making it very clear who he uh, uh, defines as the enemy particularly, as we've said over the past uh, couple of months now, the Nazis. And the Nazis they've been fighting against are mainly the ones in Ukraine right now. Yeah, so, Doc, uh, the Western media and politicians mock Putin for saying that there are Nazis running Ukraine. Um, but they wear SS insignia. Yes. They, they do the how Hitler salute. They have swastikas. So they have Nazi emblems on yes. their uniforms. So we can see it. They, they say they're Nazis. They don't deny it. Right. But if we say they say they're Nazis, we're conspiracy theorists. Right. When actually we're truth tellers. Yeah. We, we live in such a bizarre time when the truth is right there in front of you. Like all the people dying from the, the vaccines, it's all around you. Yes. And yet people deny it. I mean, the stories now are coming out. There's a direct link with the Johnson Johnson vaccine and blood clots. But if you had said that a few months ago, it'd be deplatformed. Right. So to, it's, not, it's not debatable. It's not questionable whether Nazis are in the Ukrainian government. Well, people say, well, uh, President Zelensky's Jewish. 
Okay. It's true, but Sergei Lavrov made a comment last week, and he said there are certain elements of the Jewish world that have cooperated with the Nazis, and that is a historical fact. Now, the very fact that you say that, you will be attacked. Uh, doesn't matter what history shows. Right. Doesn't matter. We live in this strange time when truth cannot be spoken. And you are punished if you speak truth, if you simply say, what, just state what your eyes see, you, you can be punished. Uh, so Vladimir Putin knows that Nazis are back in power in Ukraine, and they were put in power by the West. Yes. He knows that. And so he restated again today that Russia will not tolerate Nazis on their border. And that's why they're talking about using nuclear weapons, because the West is pouring massive amounts of weapons into Ukraine to kill the Russian soldiers who are there to fight the Nazis. And they, they, the Ukrainians that are fighting the Russians right now uplift Stephen Bandera there, who's definitely a Nazi. Yes. So, <laughs> Doc, if the United States, Canada, Great Britain, France, Germany, and all the other NATO nations, if they are defending Ukraine, then they are defending Nazism. Right. So who is on the right side and who is on the wrong side of World War III? Unless you like Nazis. Because if you're pro-Ukrainian right now, you are pro-Nazi. It's just that simple. If you are cheering for Ukraine, you are pro-Nazi. It's no different than you would have been cheering for Hitler in the Third Reich in World War II. You would have been on the wrong side of the war. Right. And yet we have powerful, prominent, influential people in America cheering for the Nazis and attacking the people who are opposed to the Nazis. And also for President Putin, this is also a war that goes even beyond Nazism in the sense that this is a war for the survival of Russia and the survival of the traditional values of Russia. Yes. In uh, Toss reporting today, Russian people will never give up love for country and traditional values. You know, really here in the U.S., if you love America, you get hated for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's that twist and turn that's happened. But uh, President uh, Putin says uh, in his speech said, unlike the West, the Russian people will never give up their love for their country, faith, and traditional values. Russian President Vladimir Putin said at a Victory Day parade on Moscow's Red Square, we will never give up our love for the country, faith, traditional values, ancestral customs, and respect for all peoples and cultures. Now listen to what he said next. As for the West, it seems to be determined to cancel these millennia-old values, he noted. This moral degradation paved the way for cynical falsifications of the history of World War II, attempts to incite Russophobia, glorify traitors, mock the memory of their victims, and wipe out the bravery of those who fought and suffered for the victory of the head of state stressed. And so he is right. Uh, the West seems determined to just flip over the table of all morals and all values that there are. Yes. We have to export our sin. We have to export our evil. And we put it up on a flag in front of our embassies. Uh, 
I mean, we put the gay pride flag. We'll put every kind of flag you can imagine in front of our embassy. We'll cut off foreign aid to countries that refuse to accept our immorality. Right. We'll That's how evil we that. are. So is Vladimir Putin wrong in that assessment? Is the West determined to get rid of these values? The evidence seems to suggest so. So in Vladimir Putin's mind, this is also a fight for traditional values, for faith, and for morality. Now, the West seems to have given up on those values, right? Yes, not only given up, actively destroying them. Doc, there has been a systematic dismantling of American morality underway through most of my lifetime. Right. right. I can look back to the early 60s as a child when the Supreme Court banned the uh, reading of, of prayers, reading the Bible, saying prayers in public schools. So there has been a systematic dismantling of America's Christian heritage underway since the 60s. And we are now, we're now at the stage where the termites have eaten away so much of our foundation that the building is crumbling in. And, uh, and yet we're proudly, arrogantly uh, challenging other nations. And they're saying, hey, back off or we're going to nuke you. And we're here blinded by our pride and our arrogance and our sin and our lust and our rebellion against God. I, I would say America is probably the most rebellious nation on earth right now towards God. Yes absolutely rebellious towards God. And, and yet there are signs of good things that the Supreme Court, Doc, may overturn Roe v. Wade if, if this information is correct. We may see that horrible court decision overturned. So there are good things happening in the midst of all this evil and wickedness. And yet, but you got this, we are in dangerous ground extremely dangerous ground right now. In my lifetime, I've never been this close to nuclear destruction. In my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this before. And yet, I can't find many people that want to talk about it. Right. Yes. They, they don't want to talk about it. Because at the root of it, Rick, you have to talk about who we are as a people, as yeah, a nation. And why is this happening to right. us? And people don't want to face that. People don't want to talk about that. One of the other stories coming out of uh, the Victory Day uh, parade and speech by Vladimir Putin is the concern for Vladimir Putin's health. And uh, the West is uh, monitoring this, of course, and uh, also those in Ukraine. That but, looks like uh, a World War II photograph, it does, doesn't it? doesn't it? So uh, President Putin is seen limping during Victory Day parade after watching display with a blanket over his lap and latest sign of his poor health. Uh, reminds me of uh, the uh, meeting at Yalta, yes, kind of there, doesn't it? That's what it? I'm thinking. Uh, the story went on there in the Daily Mail to say the leader threw a blanket over his knees while sitting to watch a scaled down parade amid persistent rumors that Putin is unwell and his health has uh, gotten worse amid the war. Doc, is, did the CIA poison Putin in the past two months? Is and it? Lindsey Graham and Sean Hannity said, yeah, why isn't need... the CIA killing him? Right. Why aren't we executing Vladimir Putin? Uh, that's what they said. And so, um, but everyone was uh, kind of watching Vladimir Putin because there have been reports of uh, his health being uh, iffy here uh, lately. And so 
it's, we're going to see some amazing things happen here over the next few weeks because I believe decisions have already been put in place. Whether Vladimir Putin is here or not, there are mechanisms in place that are still going to happen if uh, NATO continues to push against Russia. Doc, if Putin dies in the coming days or weeks, he will be replaced with a hardliner. I mean, somebody that will, that will carry make it out. him look like Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, they will. They will put a hardliner in place. Okay, they're not going to go the other way. Right? Russia is ready to go to war with the United States. Um, well, speaking of World Joe War II, Biden is wanting to go to war with Russia. Yes. How do we know this? Well. Today, Joe Biden resurrected the Lend-Lease program. Uh, talk about it here in just a moment. The U.S. rejects Putin's intimidation, ramps up weapons delivery to Ukraine. Uh, in this article, it talks about how President Joe Biden signed a bill on Monday, this is number 19 for control, that will streamline the lengthy process of supplying Ukraine with the military equipment needed for the fight against Russia. Biden's signature on the Ukraine Democracy Defense Lend-Lease Act of 2022 will make it easier for the U.S. to lend or lease military aid to allies affected by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Under the measure, Ukraine can request streamlined transfers of U.S. weapons and other security assistance. The U.S. will get guarantees that the country will replace or reimburse the assets at a later date. Now, Rick, Haven't we heard that before, Lend-Lease? We sure did. That was uh, in World War II. It was the first step for us getting involved in the war with Europe. Basically, what we did, Rick, is we lent or leased equipment, food, oil, uh, energy supplies, uh, armaments. So if you don't have Britain the money, if you don't Russia, have the money to fight your war, we'll lease the weapons to you. Right, and we'll work out the uh, the terms uh, later. later. But this was the first step, this was the first mechanism that uh, Roosevelt put in place to get us involved in the war in Europe. Roosevelt wanted us in the war in Europe. Eventually, we ended mm -hmm. up in there anyway, but he wanted us in there even earlier, uh, even before you know, our confrontation with Japan. Um, but it, the Lend-Lease mechanism, it was actually called, Rick, it wasn't called the Lend-Lease program. You know what it was called? It was originally called the Act to Promote the Defense of the United States. Now, mm -hmm. that didn't quite sell because that sounded like we were getting ready to go to war against mm -hmm. Germany. So they came up with another term, Lend-Lease. So Roosevelt sitting in his uh, wheelchair by the uh, fireplace and everything and telling uh, the American people, we're going to help our British friends. We're going to help the Russians to defend themselves against the Nazis in Germany by lending and leasing American food, American oil, American equipment to them. And they're our friends and they will help them mm -hmm. now and they'll help us later. But that set the supply chain in motion for our greater entrance into World War II at a later date. So Doc, at the time that Russia is repeatedly warning the United States and NATO countries, we are not going to permit you to continue to send weapons to Ukraine. Yes, and they've made that very clear. And they've told us they're prepared to nuke us. Yes. And what does Joe Biden do? It doubles down. Let's, let's resurrect a World War II policy. We're still fighting World War II, Rick. 
Yes. All the mechanisms, all the terms, the Russia, Russia and the United States were allies in World War II fighting the Nazis. <laughs> now the United States is fighting Russia, who is fighting the Nazis. Um, it's the so only crazy. thing that has changed is America joined the side of the Nazis. Yes. That's what's different. Because the CIA brought tens of thousands of Nazis to America in Operation Paperclip, and we became Nazified as a nation. You're absolutely right. We did. Yep. We brought them in. So. You talk about the New World Order here and all the things that have <clears throat> changed in this country, the surveillance police state and everything that we have. It's all Nazism. Okay? We allow them to do it to us incrementally over decades and now we have become a nazified nation right and we kill babies right by the millions we we sell their organs we do <coughs> experiments on humans while they're alive we do all the nazi things so um is it any surprise that we're defending the nazis in ukraine the american leadership is pro-Nazi. That's a fact. That's where we're at right now. If we're defending Ukraine, we're pro-Nazi. But, but here's the twist. We've been pro-Nazi since Ford. the end of World War II. Yes. Because we admired the Nazis and their technology and the way they operated and the way they carried out warfare. And so we just brought them and integrated them into our policy. So... Well, well, that's back, not the only thing that's happening in the world right now. That's right. So we'll go back to the first story was uh, the, the red skies over Shanghai. So what could that be of an omen to the people of China? Let's take a look at number 20, the Times of London. Yes. China encircles Taiwan during military drills. Now, this is a story that's not getting a lot of uh, traction here right now, but we, you need to pay attention to this. China has conducted a series of combat drills in the seas around Taiwan in a demonstration of its military might, apparently warning foreign allies that it has the ability to completely encircle the island. The exercise carried out to the east and southwest of the self-governed island, which Beijing regards as a rogue province, involved the Liaoning aircraft carrier and seven escort vessels, which responded last week crossing the Miyako Strait and entering the Pacific Ocean. And so, China now is making clear what its intentions are and what it is capable of doing as we proceed over the next few years. And I believe that we're going to have a military confrontation at some point with China sooner rather than later. It appears that China is stepping up their plans to invade Taiwan. And why not? They, they've seen, uh, you know, uh, really how uh, Ukraine has been tossed out mm -hmm. there and everything as, uh, you know, useless for anything other than just to be blown up. What did we hear last week in, in Amman when I interviewed Dr. Talal uh, Abu Ghazala? Mm -hmm. He said that a Chinese official said to him, uh, he asked them, um, what was the question? Are you supporting Russia? And he said, it's not an issue of support. We are partners. Yes. China is a partner with Russia. Yes, in this war with Ukraine. So whatever Russia is doing, China is a partner. So what does a world war look like? 
multiple nations, multiple war theaters. Uh, we're going to see war erupt in multiple places simultaneously. And China may make a move to invade Taiwan, which will then require the United States to go to war with China at the same time that Russia is going to war with the United States. And there you go. You got an old-fashioned global nuclear war underway. And come quickly, Lord Jesus. And because nobody's going to want to live in the aftermath of this war. And what we learned last week also from uh, Dr. Talal, uh, Abu Ghazala, is that the globalists want this to happen. Yes. They want this to happen. Why? Because they want to rebuild the world afterwards. Yes. And that was one of the most shocking things in the interview you had. With he was the, eager. He said, he said yeah, yeah, let's get it on. Let's, you know, what? You're ready to go to war? And you even asked him, you know, what about the bloodshed and everything? Well, he, he wasn't in favor of bloodshed, but at the same time, the only way to have the new new world order that was coming is to destroy the current one. Yes. He said it was going to have to, um, to get rid of all this tension that the world is in. It's going to have to come to a head in a world war. And then everything will be redrawn. And then you'll have decades to go until there's a fourth world war. Okay. But that's where we're going right now. And clearly the globalists are, are eager now for this to take place, not because they want the death and destruction, but because they want to rewrite the boundaries of nations. Yes, just like they do after every major war. That's right. After World War I, they redrew the boundaries. After World War II, they redrew the boundaries. And after World War III, they'll do it once again. Well, where is Israel in all this? Israel is now lining up with Ukraine, becoming much more openly uh, supportive of Ukraine and drawing the, uh, the uh, contempt of Russia as they see the uh, Israelis uh, speaking in defense of Ukraine. But another story came out today, Times of Israel. Israel said prepping teams to carry out targeted killings of Hamas leaders abroad. Um, so the Israelis, uh, they have no, um, no inhibitions about saying, we're going to murder people in other countries. Right. Now, and what are you going to do about it? Basically, no one's going to do anything. But if you replace Israel with, let's say, the word Russia, okay? Russia is pre uh, prepping teams to carry out targeted killings of uh, enemies abroad. Or China. Mm -hmm. uh, is prepping teams to carry out targeted killings of uh, leaders abroad. There would be outrage, wouldn't of there? Course. There'd be, uh, you know, people pulling their hair and everything. But w if Israel says it, there would be people, there would be evangelicals who say, go get them, tiger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's still murder. Yes. And it's murder on foreign soil. They're not talking about killing Hamas leaders in Israel. They're talking about sending assassination squads around the world to murder people. And why not? The U.S. does it, right? So uh, Israel has reportedly told foreign allies that it is readying teams to carry out targeted killings of leaders. If it's targeted, Rick, it's okay. Of the Hamas terrorist group who live abroad in retaliation for a wave of deadly terror attacks. Unnamed intelligence sources told Britain's The Times newspaper in an article published Monday that a clear message needed to be sent to the terror organization. Well, that clear message also includes a clear message to everyone else. We can do whatever we want to do. We can go to Paris and kill somebody. So they just send out a... Hit team. Yeah, but I mean, first they send out a memo. 
<laughs> this is what we're going to do. All the State Departments and Foreign Ministry divisions around the world get a message from Israel. Hey, just heads up, we're going to let you know we're going to be killing people in your country. Right. <laughs> Who does this kind of stuff? Israel. <laughs> the Zionists. Yes. Okay. Just think about that, the Zionists. They send out a note that says, oh, by the way, we plan to murder people in your country. Stay out of our business. Stay out of our way. We, we, we showed you a courtesy by telling you that we're, our hit team will be there. So if they find a dead body in London that is associated, maybe associated with the Hamas terrorist group, the police get to look the other way. No, so. no justice, no court trial, no evidence, just Israeli hit team. Murder somebody and move on. It's the way the Zionists uh, operate in the world. Um, an interesting tweet uh, today. I'll show you first the Fox News story. Uh, Elon Musk sets Internet on fire with cryptic tweet about dying under mysterious circumstances. Right. So now some suggested that the Tesla CEO's cryptic tweet about death under mysterious circumstances might be referring to the Clintons. But it seems Musk is likely more worried about Russia. A quote from the Fox News article says, shortly before his cryptic tweet, the Tesla CEO cited a message from Dmitry Rogozin, former deputy prime minister of Russia, who sent a statement to Russian media condemning Musk's Starlink satellite company for enabling the Nazi Azov battalion to access the Internet. Now, from the testimony of the captured commander of the 35th Marine Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, Colonel Dmitry Kormyankov, it turns out that the internet terminals of Elon Musk's Starlink satellite company were delivered to the militants of the Nazi Azov Battalion and the Ukrainian Marines in Maripol by military helicopters, Rogozin wrote, according to a translation Musk posted on Twitter. And he had uh, posted that uh, a few tweets before, if, if I die under weird circumstances, here's the the tweet that uh, really has got everyone interested. If I die under mysterious circumstances, it's been nice knowing you. Uh, what do you think, Rick? Do you think there's a, an association between the two? Absolutely. Um, look, I said months ago when prominent Americans began shipping weapons and other uh, military supplies to Ukraine, just donating it. Um, you know, we had a uh, a NASCAR team owner uh, sent millions of rounds of ammo. And I said, he just made himself a military target. I got chewed out by some people watching True News. You know, said, what are you talking about, Rick? You know, he's a great patriot. I didn't say anything about the man's patriotism to the United States. I said, he just made himself a target in a war that was none of his business. Elon Musk stuck his nose in the war between Russia and Ukraine. Therefore, he became a military target. Right. Okay. Um, by the way, Elon, I, I paid for a Starlink receiver in January of 2021, and I'm still waiting for it. If you could have a helicopter drop one off at a my- A military helicopter. Yeah, have a military helicopter drop one off at my house. I'd, I'd like to have mine, since you have a way to ship them to Ukraine. But in all seriousness, uh, Elon Musk made himself a military target. Don't intervene in wars that are not your business. Look, if you got two neighbors down the street in a fight and you go down there and start giving one neighbor 
things to punch the other neighbor with. You're in the fight. You're now in the fight, okay? That guy's going to jump on you and beat the you-know-what out of you, okay? You got yourself in it. And this is what Elon Musk has done by intervening in this war. He made himself a military target, right? This is a real war. Russia is in a fight for survival, and the United States and NATO, the NATO allies, have been shipping massive amounts of weapons and ammo into Ukraine. And Russia has said, we will destroy those weapons. They have been destroying them. But they went further. Last week, Doc, they started to say, the nations themselves right. are now targets. Not just their, their planes, not just their ships. The nations themselves are now targets. I'm telling you, friends, Russia has clearly told the West, you are at risk of being wiped out. And we're allowing Biden and these clowns to take us deeper and deeper and deeper into a war that's none of our business. In fact, that war started because these clowns in the West continued to provoke Russia to the point that they finally threw a punch. So the leaders that we have in the West are madmen. They're, they're deluded <laughs> madmen. And they're taking the whole world to nuclear war. I, I just don't understand why somebody isn't opposing this stuff. Where are the responsible leaders in the world? No one is calling for peace, are they? No one. No one. Nobody is standing up saying, this is insane. Stop it. Stop it. Because they want it. Really. They, yes. They want we it. now know they want it. They need it. Yes. They've got fact, to have that war happen. In fact, it's, we're probably behind schedule, according yes. to them. So There's no new new world order until there's World War III. Yes. And that's why there's nobody in position of leadership trying to stop World War III. Because secretly, they want it in order to bring about the world government that they long for. That's where we're headed. In the, that uh, tweet that he uh, had, Rick, uh, there's a thread of comments, and he's mm -hmm. interacting with people who are putting comments up. And uh, there was one comment that he had. I, th I wanted to bring this out because when I saw it, uh, someone uh, uh, put a blessing on uh, Elon Musk for you know, uh, uh, his work that he did for... Uh, Ukraine and also that he didn't need to be worried about dying but he said thank you for the blessing but I'm okay with going to hell if that is indeed my destination since the vast majority of all humans ever born will be there well he, he is speaking the truth there I'll that say. the vast majority of humanity is destined for hell but it's a choice yes it's a choice Mr. Musk you can choose to believe on the name of Jesus Christ and have eternal life, or you can reject him as the savior and have eternal death. It's a choice. You're not predestined to hell. I reject the idea of predestination. It is a choice. God desires all to be saved. And in their minds, Rick, hell's not a bad place. Hell's gonna be where all their friends are. Hell's gonna be where it's gonna be an eternal party, where it's gonna be, right. you know, 
we'll just enjoy eternity. We just won't be with those stuffy, uh, starched up folks up upstairs. It'll be so. a world full of people who want to do the sins that they love doing. Right. It'd be, you know, total hedonism. No, it's going to be total hottenism is what it's going to be. Well, speaking of judgment and the things that are going on globally, back here at home, the uh, controversy against the uh, draft order of Roe versus Wade and the decision regarding it has sparked the demons to uh, uh, come out of hiding here among uh, the leftists here. Uh, one particular example is now the uh, pro-death people are showing up at churches around the country. We have some video here. This is from a uh, Catholic church out in Los Angeles, the uh, Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels, where uh, these pro-death folks showed up during a mass uh, interrupting service. And we have a short clip of that. Watch this. Hey, you get off again. You are not, you are not attacking anybody. You're attacking me right now. Why are you starting attacking me? All of these people watch me. Get out of here. You turn it into something else. You have to away from Respect us. Respect us. Respect us. Respect us. Respect us. Respect us. I believe you're going to start seeing a lot more of that in churches that are standing up for life here over the uh, next few weeks because the demons are getting wound up now. The Satan left, is angry. The political left in America is demon-possessed. Yes. It's just as simple as that. They're demon-possessed. Who goes into a church and demands the right to murder babies? Only demon-possessed people. Right. Uh, if they're not at churches, they're in front of the houses of the uh, justices of the Supreme Court that they deem to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, for life and everything. Uh, this from Post Millennial here. Justice Alito and family moved to an undisclosed location because of protesters that were showing up at their house. And we have a clip of uh, some of the protesters in front of uh, Justice Kavanaugh's house in Maryland. Uh, this will just show you kind of where their mindset is. Watch this. And that's just a small clip there, but imagine you're in a quiet neighborhood in uh, uh, USA America and you got all these crazy people marching up and down your street. Have you ever seen a time in American history where people went to the homes of Supreme Court justices Never. to threaten the justices? Never. Doc, this is new. The, the, the left many years ago, decades ago, got federal and state laws passed that make it a crime to pray in front of abortion clinics. Yes. To pray. If you go and stand in front of an abortion clinic on and the pray sidewalk, on the on, sidewalk, on the public sidewalk, you can go to prison for years. But we have politicians encouraging these leftist demoniacs to go to the 
residential homes of Supreme Court justices. And there's no, nobody from the White House or the Nancy Pelosi's office or Chuck Schumer's office. Nobody is saying, hey, calm down. Let's, let's bring it down the level of discourse in this country. Let's, let's, let's be civil. Nobody's doing it. They're encouraging it. They are inc their silence is actually encouraging it by refusing to condemn it. They are encouraging these people. They They're saying, you've got a green light. Go for it. Okay? Look, eventually they will try to murder a Supreme Court justice. Be prepared for it. They will attempt to murder a Supreme Court justice. One of the most shocking things I saw over the weekend uh, was a, a pro-death uh, protester in New York City at, at uh, the Catholic Church that they uh, attacked there, uh, the cathedral. And um, the, uh, the protester had a sign that said, God killed his kid, why can't I kill mine? Wow. Doc, this is so why are, so what is it demonic. with these people that want want death? They want it. They hunger for it. Because well, their father is the devil right. who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And this isn't just a casual thing for them. They they're fully committed to this. Uh, this next clip here, we had to uh, tone it down a little bit for our audience, but you'll get the gist of it watching this. This is the mindset of these pro-death folks. Uh, I'll just leave it with that introduction and let you watch it. I mean, that's where their minds are, Rick. It's, it's not life. It's not life at all to them. Tell me why God should spare this country from destruction. Tell me. I, I don't. I, Russia I don't is threatening to destroy us any day. Tell me why God should spare this country. What is it? What, what value do we serve right now? What value does America serve in the world? What, what is the benefit of America being in the world right now? That's a picture of our society. Decadent, evil, wicked. We could show you videos all day long of this stuff. It's, it's it, you know what? I spent, Doc and I spent two weeks in Jordan. I never saw a homosexual. I never saw a lesbian. I never saw a transvestite. Never saw a man wearing a dress. Um, that's, I didn't see anybody protesting for the right to kill their babies. I didn't see any homeless people. I didn't see any decadence. I, I didn't see drug addicts. Um, what I saw were families. Yes. I saw nice, polite families gathering together for dinner, having fun in parks and things like that. It looked very much like America 50 years ago. Didn't see many credit card machines, too. It's a cash country. Right? The New World Order hasn't arrived there yet. Um, Jordan was a very nice, relaxed atmosphere to be in. It wasn't any crime. 
Doc, did you have any fear walking around at night that you're None. going to be mugged? None at all. When did we become concerned about being robbed? When we landed in New York City. Yes. Then I said, hey. Keep, keep your bags close to yes. you. Move your wallet. Okay. We became Think about worried that. about being robbed when we landed in New York City. We had no concern whatsoever of being robbed or attacked while we were in Jordan. It is a peaceful country. Okay. And the people are delightful. I, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed by what America has become. I, don't, I can't defend it. I don't want to defend it. I won't defend it. We're decadent. We're, we're evil. It's only the mercy of God that has held back destruction. But we're at a place right now, I don't know if he's going to hold it back anymore. Why would he hold it back? And you might say, well, then, Rick, what are you doing leading tour groups? I'm living one day at a time. That's all I can do. I can live one day at a time. I can't cope with what is going on around me in this insane country. I'm trying to live like there's going to be a tomorrow. But deep down, I know there may not be a tomorrow because of our wickedness. That's where we're at right now in this country. The only thing that will turn this country around is repentance and faith in the name of Jesus Christ. No election, no candidates, no political movement will change this country. Only repentance, millions of people falling on their knees at the cross and crying out to God for forgiveness will save this country. That's it. Without mass repentance, there is no future for us. That's where America is at right now. Look, you're one individual. The question is, will you repent? Don't look at your neighbor and go, I'll repent if he repents. No, will you repent? Nations are not saved. Governments are not saved. Only humans are saved. Only humans have souls. Governments don't have souls. Nations don't have souls. Nations have population of people with souls and so when the population is dominated by people who are not born again not repentant not submissive to God in rebellion against God when that is the dominant population of the country the country is wicked but when individuals repent of their sins and submit to God and make Christ their Lord and their King and they, they change their ways and they live according to the Word of God. When enough people in a country do that thing and serve God, eventually the country becomes righteous. If you really love America, then... You must believe on the name of Jesus Christ and your life must line up with his word. It's one thing to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. It's another thing to obey him. The proof of your walk with Christ is your obedience to his word. If, you, if he is not your king, he is not your savior. If he's not your king, if you do not obey him, you're not saved. Yes. It's just that simple.
In fact, that's the test. Yes. If you love me, what? you'll keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. What are the commandments of Christ? He sums it up. The shorter version is the Sermon on the Mount. The longer version is the New Testament. Yes. The explanation of the Sermon on the Mount is yes. the New Testament. Those are his commandments. Yes. That's it, folks. That's the new law from the Mount. His words and his sayings. Yes. The question is, do you keep his commandments? Okay. Do you obey him? Do you believe him? You and I individually, we can't make our neighbors, our friends, we can't make them believe in the name of Jesus. All we can do is make sure we are in right standing with God. Amen. So my, my challenge to you is, if you have never believed on the name of Jesus Christ, if you've never confessed him as Lord and Savior, you must do it today. Amen. Do it today. Do not go to bed tonight without making things right with God. You don't have to say a super religious prayer. Just talk to God. He's your heavenly father and say, I am a sinner. I've broken your commandments. I deserve punishment, but I've heard the good news that Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins. And he, because of his sacrifice, my sins are forgiven. And I am now asking you, God, to wipe away all of my sins and write my name in your book of life and save my soul. That's what you do tonight. And then as soon as you can, you find somebody who will baptize you in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then you make a commitment to live according to his word. Become a disciple of Christ. Find somebody who will disciple you in the word. Not in some crazy doctrine, but in the word of God. Precept by precept. You do your part. And God will save your soul. We may all get evaporated one day, vaporized by a nuclear blast, but at least we will be in the presence of the Lord instantly. You have to make that decision yourself. Nobody can make it for you. And once you do that, your relatives, your friends are going to notice a change in you. And one by one, they're going to come to Jesus Christ also. But you have to make the decision yourself. Do it and email me at info at truenews.com and say, Rick, I made the decision. I repented and I believed in the name of Jesus and I'm born again. Let me know because that's that encourages me. It's why I'm here every day for nearly 24 years just to get that email or that letter or that phone call that said, I made the decision to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. I love you dearly. Later this week, as uh, Doc and I have time to regather all of our photos and, and videos from, uh, from Jordan that we individually took on our phones, I, I want, we got a lot of things to share oh, with you yes. and things from the Word of God that we can teach. There's so much there. And um, I, I want to I just, you know, we want to get this, these blessings to you in the coming days and weeks ahead. So much to share. Love you very much. I'll be back here tomorrow. God bless. God bless you.